Hi again, guys, you could join me. I am Tanya Cooper and um, I started last month a series I'm calling the path to the promise or a path to the promise, I'm not sure. Um, talking about people in the Bible who I have identified as people whose um, stories in the Bible are indicative of um, a really transformative kind of story where you start off one way and you end up someplace else. Uh, because I, I really do think that um, even as Christians, we sometimes identify people, um, especially celebrities and um, uh, Christian celebrities where you're born into a Christian family and your father is pastor so-and-so and your mother is a teacher or writer or whatever. And you kind of think, oh, of course they're gonna be like X, Y, and Z. For instance, the Evans family, Tony Evans and his wife, his late wife raised five kids and they're all in the ministry. And you think, of course they are, you know, they're Tony Evans family, okay? But not everybody has the same kind of beginning, the same kind of start. And those are the people that intrigue me most. Um, last month, if you weren't able to catch it, I talked about uh, Ruth, her story. And um, this month, I wanna talk about one of my absolute favorite people in the Bible and her name is Abigail. And I don't really hear too many people talk or teach or anything about Abigail, but when I found it, I was really intrigued. And um, because uh, so often, like I said before, we can see ourselves in a situation that looks beneficial in the beginning from the outside, not the inside. We see somebody who's famous or who's wealthy and we think, oh, of course, you know, they're successful. They're going to make it in life, but you really never really know. Now, um, in Jewish times or back in biblical times, let me just say it like that. It was beneficial for a woman to get married, to have a provider, you know, for herself. And um, she would have someone that would take care of her and protect her, which was really critical. And if she happened to marry someone who was wealthy, all the better. And the story I did last month, it was Ruth and Boaz. And Boaz was a wealthy landowner. Um, in Bethlehem. And when Ruth married him, she married a wealthy man, okay? And, and that was beneficial, not necessarily always the case, but definitely beneficial. Now, Abigail was married. Her story, when her story begins, um, I believe it's in 2 Samuel, is it 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel? It's 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 25. Now, her story, when her story begins, she's already married. And as luck would have it, or the story would have it, she married a man named Nabal. And he was as well a, a wealthy landowner. However, as we tend to treat Boaz, he was, you know, Ruth's knight in shining armor, her prince charming. This is, that was more like a Cinderella story. This is not so much that because Abigail's husband, Nabal, though wealthy, was also mean and egotistical and mean, you know? So um, she was married. She married a man named Nabal. He was wealthy and he was mean. The Bible says that Nabal was a mean and evil man. 
that's saying something. It happens one day that after traveling quite a ways, David and his men, there's about two, 300 of them, I think 600 in all, but two or 300 at this point came upon Nabal's land. And David sent messengers to Nabal asking if he could spare some supplies for him and his men, especially since David previously had come upon Nabal's workers out in the field. He had a lot of lands, he was out in the field. And David and his men provided protection for these men from robbers and the like. Um, they, he provided or they provided protection for Nabal's men. Now, I, mm, where did I leave off? Okay. The messengers David sent to Nabal asked for permission to use the to use to get some supplies, water, food, etc., a place to sleep out in the woods, etc. Nabal's response was, I don't know you, and I don't know your men. And I also don't have any reason to share the supplies that I worked for, uh, the meat that I have that are uh, necessary for my men out in the field. I have no reason to share that with you. Now, when David received this message, he was so mad, he decided that he himself, not send somebody, he himself would kill Nabal. He rounded up his people and he was on his way. Now, the bad news, like all bad news, travels fast. And the men in the field told Abigail, Nabal's wife, what had transpired. And she quickly went into action. She made meals for David, collected supplies for he and his men, and she set off to meet him before he and his men got to the house. When she met David and his, and his band of people, she got down off her donkey or her horse and she begged David's forgiveness for her husband's stupidity and ignorance. Here are the supplies. It's, I have gathered, gathered them myself. I put it together. This is for your men, please. And something she said to him, she said, David, we know you are or will be, because he wasn't at that time. You will be God's anointed king over Israel. Please do not bloody your hands as the successor to the throne with my husband's blood. You don't need that on your hands. Please keep your hands clean. Take these supplies on behalf of our family and please, I beg your forgiveness. Now, David was so overwhelmed by her humility, not just in her body language, but in her speech. He says, it, 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 says it turns out that her eloquence of speech and humility before David changed his mind. David's anger was abated. Abigail went home to tell her husband everything that had happened, but he was home drinking and feasting. And by the time she got there, he was already drunk. So she decided, I'll tell him tomorrow. I'll tell him tomorrow, okay? Tomorrow comes and when Nabal hears the story Abigail tells him that his life was in danger, from the future king of Israel. Okay, you guys will never, you never get this. 
he had a stroke. Right then and there, he had a stroke. And the Bible says, 1 Samuel 25, read it. The Bible says that later, God snatched his life. Because of his ignorance. But his life had actually been saved because of what his wife did on his behalf. But when he heard the story and recognized the depth of his stupidity, he had a stroke and God took his life. It's true that Abigail was already married to a wealthy man, but now he's dead. And when David's men heard that Abigail's husband died, he sent his messengers back there to get her <laughs> I can't believe it. To get her so that she would become his wife. Is that not a story? God, like Abigail was already married to a wealthy man, a wealthy landover, landowner. She was protected. She had provisions. But because of the transparency of her husband's stupidity, he's dead. And by all accounts, her life should have been set for good. But God determined that would not be the end of her story, but she would become the wife of not just a wealthy man, but a man of wisdom and compassion and valor. She became the wife of the man called a man after God's own heart. Now, ladies, that's what I call a match made in heaven. <laughs> she kept to the path that led to the promise of God. She didn't even know it. She was already married. She was already provided for. But God determined that would not be the end of her story. Our God of heaven had a different plan, a better plan. And no matter what the plan is for our lives, what we set forth on, however raggedy it may seem, or however beneficial it may seem, we know and we trust God that he always has better for us. Thank you for listening. See you next month. Bye.